Did you know food is one of the biggest healers and preventatives of illness, and yet it's one that is so often overlooked? What we eat affects how we feel, how we think, and how our bodies perform. If you're looking for inspiration on picking the right foods and achieving a healthy, balanced lifestyle, then today's episode is for you. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for episode five, Food for the Soul. Today, we have a very interesting and sensitive topic for some, food. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how what you eat can affect you physically, mentally, and spiritually. Hey, Joanna. I really am excited to get into this topic. I think especially in 2021 now, we really have to look after ourselves, but not just our bodies, our mind and and ourselves spiritually as well. And food plays a major role in that. I've managed to successfully make four months being plant-based. Previous to that, I was vegetarian. um, And then before that, pescatarian. And before that, years back, I did actually eat meat at some point. I was raised eating everything, but, um, you know, obviously things have transformed. But I have to give major shout out to you, Joanna, because you've managed to do the plant-based journey for seven years and you know a lot of information and you've been able to give me a lot of guidance and teach me lots of things along the way. So um, it's really lovely knowing that I've been doing my four months and I can always go, hey, Joanna, what about this? What about that? And, and I've been actually been able to share some things with you. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that. So then I get really excited. Oh, I told Joanna something she didn't know. So, so, <laughs> so today, we're, we, that's what we're trying to do, guys. We're, we're only just going to share with you any of the you know, insight that we have, where we think it's going to be valuable that can give you a better lifestyle change and to help you pick the right foods. So you know, in the early ages, and I don't know if you guys were aware, you know, in the very beginning, it was even quoted in the Bible and in in Holy Scriptures that some of the first diets were plant-based. I was shocked when I heard this. It's actually quoted in Joanna's book around uh, plant-based eating. So I'm going to ask Joanna to share (laughs) the insight on this. Tell us more, Joanna, please. Sure, I'll be more than happy to share. Um, This topic is right up my alley, first and foremost. Um, Because, of course, as we discussed before, right, this was part of my spiritual awakening. It was waking up to the reality and the truth behind food and, you know, original diet and stuff like that. So with my research, I came across, you know, I did refer back to the Bible to see what the, the Bible said about food when I started to discover all of these things. And I came across Genesis one twenty nine, where it stated that, you know, our first diet was actually a plant-based diet. That was like, we was more like a fruit, fruitivores. So um, that's how we was designed. Like our body and our, um, the anatomy of our body was designed to eat mostly fruit and plants. So, um, of course, as we evolved, I don't know how or who kind of put their two cents in. But, of course, eventually, as we evolved, we started to kind of, should I say, maybe get a little greedy (laughs) and start (laughs) to eventually eat meat, right? And um, even now, in the times that we're in now, I feel like sometimes we don't always eat in moderation because even if you go back then, like back into like history and ancient times, like 
I don't even think people ate as much as three to four times a day. Do you know what I mean? So it's really interesting to see how we've actually come to the point where we are today, where we eat so much and we're not eating in moderation, right? Do you think, you know, I I just wanted to interject there. Um, In terms of, I think it's been passed down in generation and it's interesting that you said we were fruitivores. I I like that term. Mm -hmm. And, you know, did we get greedy along the way and realize that, you know, there is forms of, you know, um, animals that we can eat. But also with that, Joanna, comes um, the opportunity of trade and commerce. You can actually make it a business where you sell animal for food consumption, right? You sell Mm. animal produce, related produce like milk and dairy for um for business sales and today it's a very big industry animal farming and dairy the dairy industry so that's one side of it and interestingly the other side that i picked up on is that you know i i was raised with quite a religious family and i remember lots of quotations from the bible and passages i went to a a catholic school but not once were we taught that we were taught the um pyramid the food chain pyramid. Right. So that's, uh, we might have to come back to that. And then the final thing I have to say is about how much we eat and what you said. Do Mm -hmm. we really need to eat three or four times a day? I think food has also been a great substitute for boredom. And in (sighs) lockdown, guys, in lockdown, look, I'll be honest, there's only so much Netflix you can watch. And even if you are watching that Netflix, you might want popcorn or snacks. And even if they are healthy snacks, the consumption of them at volume over time can actually become a bit overindulgent. Sometimes I think that food can be a good replacement for boredom, stress, and just become an activity. Now, mm-hmm. for, from my point of view, I, as you know, Joanna, and I know that you do it too, we intermittent fast. So I fast sometimes 16 hours a day, some days 20 hours a day. Guys, yeah. check it check it out. We will do a 24-hour fast and we're going to ask our listeners that are ready or able that want to do it to participate. Um, it'll be something that we will be doing on a regular basis, I think. So stay tuned for that. But Joanna, yeah, what's your thoughts? You know, like the food chain, what we were taught at school, the industry of animal farming, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? It really is. Do you know, like, it's, it's really funny because you made a really good point. Um, growing up, we wasn't really taught the importance of food. We more knew about the food pyramid, which was really created by the government, right? So we're just following what someone else is telling us what we should be eating and consuming and what's necessary. But when you really think about it, and from me doing the research as an adult, I realized that that's all BS. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That That is all wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that yeah. whole food pyramid, it's just like, no, no, no. And this is why so many people have like certain issues like IBS and just like digestive issues and stuff like that. And it's not really something that people could really um, explain. I think more how should I put it? Like as you get into adulthood and you get older, that's when you start to really notice. I think what it is actually is that your body has spent so many years of trying to recorrect, like correct the the issues from you putting like the wrong things into your body, right? Because 
you know, from, from research, I discovered there's so many different things that we really shouldn't be consuming. One of them, like you mentioned, dairy. <laughs> yeah. Dairy is something that, you know, that was one of the first things that came to my um, realization that, oh my gosh, we shouldn't be drinking milk from another species. Like, why do we still even have to drink milk? You know, they tell us that we need it for calcium and healthy bones, but there's also ingredients in that milk that actually goes against that, right? It actually kind of deteriorates the bones. It gives you, uh, I think, the casein in the milk. Um, it's not good. It's acidic for one. It causes inflammation. Um, you know, from my studies, I actually realized that milk actually curdles once it gets to the stomach. So, you know, there's a lot of people that have certain issues when they eat dairy or they're um, dairy intolerant. You know, they can't. And it's because we're not supposed to be drinking in or eating it in the first place. So that's why these issues um, occur. So I think it's really interesting. You know, once I discovered the truth about food and I kind of, it led me to do more research and then going back into the Bible as well, sis, as you said, you know, we, I guess that's something that we all kind of, a lot of people miss. And even to this day, I feel like a lot of things are missed <laughs> in the Bible. The Bible has a lot of really, really good messages as well. If you kind of reread some of the things, because that's what I did as an adult. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How did I not realize this before? So one of the things that I, I, I noticed in the Bible that it specifically says, you know, do not eat certain things. One of them was pig. And a lot of people wow. still eat bacon to this day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of them, it specifically says, do not eat it. With seafood as well, you're not supposed to eat. Um, I think it mentioned like crab and certain certain foods from the sea you're not supposed to consume. That's like another shell, thing. I'm like shellfish. shellfish and stuff like that, right? A lot of people still eat that stuff today. So it's mm-hmm. really interesting. I'm like, ha, huh, how did we miss this? Like, why do you know yeah. why do we yeah. choose what we take? It's really interesting, actually. Really interesting um information that I learned along the way. But yeah, going back, I saw Genesis 129 and I was like, okay, I'm on to something here because it says right here clear. Our first diet was a plant-based diet and our anatomy and it has not changed. We still remain the species of vegetarian, fruititarian. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? We still remain. Our anatomy of the body hasn't changed. It's just we decided to start putting fuel in it with different things along the way. But with that, um, I do believe that eventually it does catch up to you. It's like gas, right? I always use this this comparison. You know, you have a premium car that takes premium gas. And if you just put regular gas, it will still work for a while. But after a while, it will will start to break down, right? Eventually, (laughs) it's going to mess up that car. So I feel like it's the same with our body. Like, you know, you can feel whatever, junk and stuff. But if you keep doing that consistently, eventually it's going to break down. And this is exactly why we end up with certain illnesses and disease and so on. And yeah, I, I, lo- I love the analogy of the car. Guys, consider yourself the Aston Martin. Why would you go and buy cheap <laughs> petrol or gas? So Joanna, you mentioned something about the power of food and we're saying this today. You know, food is powerful. It can actually help prevent illness. Now, if you think about when we go to the doctor and, and you've got like a headache or a rash or a tummy pain and you go there and they say, what's wrong with you? And you say, right, you know, this, this, is, this is how I feel. You're basically telling your symptoms. And then when you get that prescription, 
you're getting a prescription that basically is to solve for that symptom. And I think what my, my message here to the listeners are is that that's not really treating the root cause, right? And actually the root cause could be something that is more internal, whether it's in our digestive system, it's to do with something in our blood, our gut, or it's an emotional feeling that we're going through, whether it's stress related or a physical feeling of the body. So it's something a bit more embedded and actually having the right food, the right rest, the right care for your body and your mind. And, you know, you can eat great food, but if you don't balance that with looking after your mind and having a strong sort of caring emotional state status for yourself, you are going to still suffer, you know, repetitive illnesses. You know, I think yeah, I've, I've come across, uh, you know, friends that keep repeatedly get a cold because they just use the, um, the cold medicines and not really look at the food that they're eating or repeatedly get that problem where they get the kind of heartburn and not realize, you know, maybe that heartburn and indigestion is to do with something that I'm eating. So again, the food we eat plays such a fundamental role in our life and also even fizzy drinks and carbonated drinks, alcohol. Uh, I know we're going to touch on that subject in a minute. Um, You know, like what, what is low vibrational food and drink? There is this spiritual side to food and it's really connected to our higher state of consciousness. And the food we eat can either stimulate and bolster our higher consciousness and really elevate us and our intuition, give us more third eye power, um, allow us to really have clarity in our life and, and perform better in all areas of life. But at the same time, there are foods, foods and drinks that will pull us away from being connected better to ourselves. Overeating, overindulging, foods that actually have detrimental impact to our body and our mind and our overall feeling and performance will actually lower our vibrations. So guys, if you've heard the episode on how to raise your vibration, actually there are foods that you can eat and that factor into your sort of uh, balanced lifestyle that allow you to keep your vibrations high. Joanna, do you want to share some of the foods that you eat and, and what what do you do when you're going to the grocery store? I know every time I'm catching up with you, like ran out of this or I'm going to the grocery store. (laughs) She's in Whole Foods again. (laughs) And you blame it on the kids, but I know that you and I are a bit fussy about what we eat. So why don't, why don't you start sharing and I'll go, I'll go next. (laughs) Absolutely. I love Whole Foods. That's one of my favorite places. I'm like a kid in the candy store when I go into that place. Seriously. (laughs) So bad. Great point that you actually touched on actually, sis, that food actually has the ability to kind of tap into your your higher self, right? Spiritual side, it's connected. It's all connected, what you consume. I also want to just mention this really quick point that I feel like this is even relevant for your kids as well. Um, You just actually reminded me of a situation where I did see, because I realized that first and foremost, that, you know, there is ingredients in food that can alter and, you know, mess with you mentally as well, right? What you consume is so important and certain chemicals and um, ingredients that are processed and just overall not in its natural form can really affect you on a mental level as well. So it's funny because there was one time I was in the line and there was this, I was overhearing this guy and his, uh, his son, right? And 
it reminded, it was just, it was so sad because he seemed like he was really aware of certain things. And he was telling his son, like, he was basically saying like, oh, I don't eat pork. In my mind, I was like, oh, at first I was like, oh, he's, he's kind of conscious and aware. But then when he said, I don't eat it, but you eat it. It just made me think like, oh my gosh, I kind of felt a little disappointed when I heard him say that, like, because I feel like if you know better, you do better, right? So when you have kids, because a lot of people, this was a big issue for me. A lot of people was like, oh, you you make your kids eat plant-based? Oh, that's not fair. But I'm just like, well, why is it fair? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm confused. Like, you know, why would I want to feed them with poison? <laughs> like, you know, or garbage, like toxic garbage. And then me eat, like, really good healthy food that that's not fair do you know what I mean I feel like that's that's almost like for me I kind of look at it as a form of neglect malnutrition yeah because it's like if I know better I'm gonna do better by my kids do you know what I mean no matter how young they are I don't feel like they're missing out anything um they're getting the best head start in life so um and of course I want them to be you know, really conscious and aware. And I tell them the truth about where the food comes from, you know, why it's not good to eat certain things, like to stay away from like toxic garbage and stuff like that. So I want them to grow up to be, you know, as healthy as possible, but also conscious. I try my best to stay away from like processed foods. Um, Obviously, I have two young kids. So there is a few snack things that I do get, but I try to go for the most wholesome snacks you know, they have, they have like really good crisps or chips wherever you are in the world <laughs> that are made from chickpeas. So stuff like that, I normally pick up like as snacks for the kids. I get like ice pops that's made from like a hundred percent, like just organic juice, like real fruit, no artificial syrups or colorings and stuff like that. We get spelt flour. So I try to stick to like um, mostly alkaline, like the alkaline list. So with my greens, my vegetables, my fruits, I try to stay on the alkaline side with that. We get like spelt pastas, we get lentils, some chickpeas, but I try to stay away from um, stuff that has too much soy in it. Um, but there is brands out there that, that don't have soy. They have really good um, plant-based alternatives. That's like burgers made from beans, beetroot, you name it. There's so many good options out there. What's it yeah. like in the UK? So what would you say? Like, what do you, where do you go to shop first and foremost in, in London? So, yeah. So the cousin of um, the Whole Foods that you love and adore, we have a shop called Planet Organic here, but it's not everywhere in the UK so for some of our listeners they'll be like planet what (laughs) um so planet organic is actually a great store um there's a few of them dotted around in London I'm quite lucky because there is one not far in North London but there is one in central where we used to have our office which was great at lunch break so planet organic is actually very much it's it's very vegan friendly but it's also not just about vegans it's for those that just want to get really good produce um, well-sourced, ethical, eco-friendly sourced produce, low-carbon nice. footprint, and also uh, takes into consideration, like, you know, um, the planet, which is obviously a, a big deal right now. They do food that, you know, they do sell meat, 
but the predominantly you'll I noticed that it's a lot of more sort of veggie friendly and there's tons of vegan options which is great and they do um I love it because they do they actually do like a counter where you can get food and it actually covers a spectrum of for all diets but it's all it's all quite healthy so even if you are a meat eater and you know we are not shooting down those meat eaters that are our <laughs> listeners you're not bad people you aren't because i no. ate meat I ate meat for pro- probably a good 30 years of my life, you know, because that's what I was taught. Um, mm-hmm. And then I chose to unprogram that choice <laughs> or that, 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 that lifestyle, should I say, with my choice. But um, yeah, they have a really good fresh food counter with hot food and they've got some amazing juices. So I love Planet Organic, but to be honest, I tend to, my, I might just make a trip there like once or twice a week when um, I'm heading to that part of North London or going to visit my mum in the cemetery or something like that. So it's a nice day out. Um, and that's quite nice. And in lockdown, we can't do much, but that will be the highlight. And I, I'm not even joking, guys. Like, actually, food shopping can be so soul-fulfilling, especially when <laughs> you know that the food you're picking is just good for you and you're you're looking after yourself, you know, and you know that the feeling on the on the flip side of having it is just going to be good for you and you're going to feel great and honestly it's real it, it is the way that it goes and so i understand why joanna you say you know i want to treat my kids good and i want them to have the best upbringing and i'm going to raise them plant based you will definitely be definitely be on speed dial when i'm doing that same procedure with mine <laughs> and i will be asking for tips but um i've noticed how the kids they're so cute the way that they're very they're so plant based that they look at other foods i've noticed this when i've been talking to you as well uh, not to digress but they they are not interested in all of that junk and i love it because they Aww. they've been raised well and and that is an inspiration and i think it's harder to do when a child's a bit older so if you can do it from young you know that's that's the way forward otherwise they've got to make the decision later on you can kind of dangle the carrot and say you know this is literally the carrot or the meat and you you decide but but yeah right. so other places that I shop in, and they're more regular places like the Marks and Spencers. I tend to go to Marks and Spencers or a Sainsbury's or an Asda. You know, it depends which supermarkets are near you guys. All of these supermarkets, forget about going there to look for the vegan option or the vegan friendly option or the gluten free option. They all have really good fresh produce. So what I tend to, to buy is a lot of greens. Um, I'm, and we're going to come on to it in a bit, but I'm a fond believer that green is also very good for releasing toxins, giving you good iron levels, but also is connected to the heart chakra, which is green. So it helps mm. with unconditional love, healing of the heart, abundance, and really giving you balance. Um, the heart is the first place of intuition, actually, which we can talk about in another episode. But um, yeah, I'm very green. So I like lots of green things. I tend to, when I break my fast, I'll tend to break fast with maybe an avocado, um, a kiwi, or sometimes with berries like blueberries, raspberries. So a bit similar to you, Joanna, I buy a lot of spinach, um, spinach, broccoli, kale, and things like that. So I like to have like greens, Try like to make sure I see greens at least in one to two of the meals a day. And and mainly I may only have two meals in the day because I fast. So those right. meals are not substantially large, but they are quite filling. And, and then there's some fruit around it. And the main fruits um, that I eat are probably like the blueberries, the berries, the raspberries, um, kiwis, 
passion fruit I've gotten into in the last few days. I just I haven't had it since years ago because it's not really something you come by a lot in the UK. And um, I found some in Marks and Spencer's yesterday and I just I ate two in one day and I need to go and buy more. I'm not going to lie. But um, but other things. Yeah. So I substituted to like brown rice. I have brown rice or sort of um, quinoa spelt uh spelt pasta and i use spelt flour and joanna's given me her very good recipe on spelt spelt flour based pancakes which are vegan friendly Mm -hmm. and are in her recipe book so yeah i don't eat tons to be honest the food is very simple and i'll say this to you guys when i used to eat meat um, and it's not that long ago you know just going back maybe seven years at least um, when i used to eat red meat the food preparation used to take me a long time. I felt like I spent a lot more time preparing food ever since I turned vegetarian and then, you know, plant-based. It's so simple. You know, today I broke my fast at 4 p.m. You might say that's quite late, but well, around 4 p.m. I had a kiwi first and then I had some crushed avocado with some um, some sourdough. And maybe later I might just have a little mini um, mini like lasagna vegan friendly lasagna which is just vegetables joanna made a good point about soy she tries to avoid soy same here and the reasons being is that i've learned that soy has high estrogen levels and it's not necessarily the best um replacement for um for meat it's better to to revert to actual um plant-based um protein and there is also pea protein so um, I have tried some alternatives that are made from pea protein. So I have opted for those, but I try to stay away from these meatless burgers beyond, you know, beyond burger and these kind of like, uh, you know, uh, the, the invincible burger and things like that. Like I tried to stay away from that because the whole reason of why I moved plant-based was because I wanted to nourish my body and my soul and my entire sort of physical state with the right foods and by going to things that are processed or meat alternatives, that's negating the whole purpose. It's kind of quite counterintuitive. So I try to stay close enough to the plant-based uh, fruits and vegetables. And the other thing I do is, well, I know, Joanna, we, we take our, our multivitamins, but they say that vegetarians and vegans are low in B12. And this is something, this is what I wanted to say earlier, Joanna. Yes, we are but no different from a meat eater because B12 and I'm not going to go into all the vitamins, but vitamin B12 they say is more um, prominent through eating meat that actually because of all the processing and a lot of the GM type um, treated product uh, products and um, the way things are growing these days, the actual existence of B12 in natural foods has reduced significantly over the last hundred years. So whether you're plant-based, vegetarian, pescatarian, or a meat eater, the levels of B12 available to us in our food supplies is reduced because of the way that the food is produced over these years and the way the chemicals are being used through food production. So we are all probably B12 deficient. We are probably all vitamin D deficient and, and other things like that when you live in these sides of the world of like the UK. So with B12 I and, and B complex uh, vitamins, I actually take supplements and I, I actually take, um, and this is another story for another day, but I do go and take um, an IV, which um, includes vitamin C, uh, a full B, 
B complex of all the B vitamins and glutathione that's very good for your internal health, helps with your hair, your skin, your nails. And then I take vitamin D because you can't have that on an IV. So that is my way that I supplement because I just want to say two things. A lot of people will turn around and say, oh, you went vegan. Where'd you get your protein from? I'm going <laughs> to ask you that. I'm going to ask you that in a minute, Joanna. So I want your response. And she's had it a lot. This woman has had so many people going, excuse me, where'd you get that from? And the other one is, oh, you're going to be B12 deficient and you've probably got all these other deficiencies. Well, actually, no, because you being the meat eater probably might have more deficiencies than me. So there's these myths and I think they need to be demystified and like ruled out. So like, let's make it known in this episode. Joanna, where do you get your protein from? (laughs) My favorite question ever. One thing first before I answer where I get my protein from is that not everything that's labeled vegan is good or healthy for you. As you said, Steph, like, you know, instead of going for like the process, things that's loaded with chemicals that's labeled vegan, it doesn't automatically make it healthy because it's not from animal products, right? Going for like the most wholesome foods are the best option for you health-wise because you want to nurture your body. You want to give your body good nutrition, Where do I get my protein from? Um, So this is one of the biggest misconceptions ever. I think that's always uh, the first question people ask when they find out that I'm plant-based. All protein is actually initially made by plants. So protein from animal tissue is actually considered secondhand protein. The animal actually eats the plants and that's where it gets the protein from. So like, In my opinion, I see it as like, why do you need to have a middleman? Just go directly to the source, eat your plant-based foods. Uh, A lot of people don't realize as well is that you do not need the amount of protein that you may think you could get more than enough because everything has a little bit of protein in it. So if you're having a little bit of broccoli, a little bit of quinoa, quinoa, by the way, is a complete source of protein right there. You have your chickpeas, you're getting a full, you know, you're getting the adequate amount. You don't need as much as you may think. There's no such thing, first and foremost, as protein deficiency, but there is such thing though as having too much protein and it could cause some really um, intense health issues. You know, your body can't process uh, too much amount of protein and that could cause issues down the line. So guys, that is your answer to where protein really comes from. It's from all plants and we're not hurting the plants by eating them, right? There's no cruelty to plants. And if you've seen some of those jokes going around, I I think it's ridiculous. (laughs) Anyway, so The other point that I mentioned earlier, I just want to get a bit more into it, is the fact that the food and drink we consume can affect our vibration. Really and truthfully, and I'm going to say this, and um, there's no judgment here. None of you are bad if you drink alcohol. None of you are bad if you smoke cigarettes or vape or maybe smoke other things. There's nothing wrong with that, but it does have a detrimental impact to your state of vibration and your frequency. It's a known scientific fact. I'm not going to go into unveiling all of the kind of research, but you will see some of the most iconic um, people that are specialized in these topics around the world will talk about this. Mm -hmm. For example, I don't drink 
alcohol. I did before, you know, was a bit of a party girl, but I chose a few years ago to give up alcohol. I had one small drink and it just made my body feel completely wrong. Mm. So I, I knew, I just knew it was really weird guys, but I just knew I was like, no, no more alcohol. But that's when I knew, you know, my spiritual awakening was accelerating at this point. I was at this real crunch point. So I knew, and I started fasting and I don't, I don't smoke either, but I had smoked when I was younger, you know, everyone tries things out, but gave, gave those things up, didn't touch that. So, but it does make an impact. It really does make an impact on your sort of your consciousness and also the foods we eat like junk food. I don't know if you guys ever eat some junk food and you know, we've all, I've all, everyone's eaten a McDonald's or a KFC or something like, you know, pizzas and stuff, but when you <laughs> eat it, you, you tend to feel tired and a bit sluggish, right? And then you turn around and say, oh, it's, it's carbs and all of that. But actually, I've eaten, and I'll just give the comparison, I've eaten carbohydrates like spelt pasta and some sweet potato, and I've had a very plant-rich meal and had a good consumption of it. And afterwards, I don't feel heavy or full or sluggish. I'll feel good. I'll feel, you know, like I've, I've done what I needed to do to satisfy the body that it needs to give it the fuel it needs. I still feel quite alive and I still feel quite good in myself. And also I noticed that the impact it has on the digestive system is very positive without going into detail, but it, I have a very good digestive flow and sequence. Um, right. So Joanna, what's your thoughts? I mean, like processed food. Sh- I didn't speak about sugar, carbonated food, uh, carbonated drinks, sorry. And, you know, like substances and, and your vibration. You know, I came across some information, I think about a few years ago, where I, I learned about, um, you know, how actually consuming alcohol can lower your vibration. So I'm with you on that 100%. I stopped really drinking. I used to be a drinker. I'm not going to lie to anyone. In your heyday. <laughs> yeah, I used to be able to handle my drink. I was a drinker. And I think it all kind of slowed down for me when I had my kids, of course, because I breastfed. So I actually started to slow down, slow down. Um, I completely stopped while I was breastfeeding. And then I just completely stopped. And then I came across information, of course, with my transition and my growth, where I, I realized, okay, yeah, alcohol really isn't the best thing to kind of put in your body, right? First and foremost, it's dehydrating. And the last time I had a drink, you know, occasionally I would. Um, so was it last year? Maybe it was an occasion. And I had like one drink and the next morning, OMG, I felt so dehydrated. Like I haven't had a drink of water like for a month. I felt so thirsty. But I was like, after that, I was like, okay, I can't do this again. I felt bad. Like I was like, what am I doing to my organs inside? You know, so... I'm with you on that, sis, um, regarding the alcohol. It lowers your vibration. It puts you in a low state if you really think about it. Same with other substances as well. You know, I think that will be another a good topic, actually. We could get into, like, certain substances and um, how to consume them. Because I think there's a difference, like, with those who have... Like I said, this is no judgment to anyone. But for those who smoke or may smoke substances and stuff like that... I think there's a huge difference between smoking and consuming, right? It has different uh, effects. 
But like I said, we'll jump into that on another episode. In regards to food, yes, I think, like I mentioned before, you have to be very careful with different chemicals that you're putting in your body. From research I did before as well, I also came across and discovered that uh, certain ingredients, food coloring, uh, can cause like a mental issue, behavioral problems, especially in kids, you know, like candy, you know, they put a lot of artificial, those things could affect you and bring your vibration down, like bring, you know, cause hyperactive, like, you know, you have to be very conscious of the things that you're putting in your body. This is a really good point. You mentioned kids again, and I'm glad that you do this. Um, So for all of you guys out there that are parents or guardians or have, you know, younger siblings, you know, it's, we're not just saying this for you. We're saying it for the kids. You know, what the kids are eating is going to affect their vibration. If they're not able to go to sleep at night, if they're mm-hmm. hyperactive, if they're moody, if they're depressed, they're sad, you know, a lot of that can be interrelated to the food. Obviously, there yes. might be domestic domestic circumstances, but it's the food. If you fuel them with food to give them a really good um, fuel that allows them to be you know optimal in what they do and feel energized and to have some of that endurance and stamina through their day you know their brain will work sharper they'll be more attentive and more focused and concentrated when they're doing their work you know they'll they'll want to maybe do some exercise if you're trying to take them out for a run during lockdown or do some outdoor activity in the garden they will be more receptive to that um and they won't be like asking for sweets in between and that's also a habit can i have a sweet can i have these crisps all those snacks they build up can i have a fizzy drink and i saw this with my nephews you give them that sprite and all of a sudden my nephews turn from you know is it Hide to Jekyll or Jekyll to Hyde, whichever way around <laughs> it is, I saw the switch and I was like, ah, um, okay, no, not when Auntie Steph is babysitting you. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's important, guys. It's not just about yourselves; it's about the kids. And look, we understand that it's kind of hard to change and completely transform your fridge, but you can do it slowly. You can start to factor in moderately you know you can't do it from zero to 100 if you're not there you know if you feel like you've got a long way to go start little by little you know start integrating different steps and changing you know one thing I'll say and Joanna I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before but when I wanted to lose weight and when I wanted to be more healthier years back it's going back like eight years ago and just around the time my mum passed I just put on loads of weight I was trying to do like the fast fast routes so like what can I buy online that's going to help me you know what what kind of uh, gym equipment can I buy for home what I, I think I started buying food from this online like diet thing, uh, supplier you know to, to try and do that and I never succeeded where I found success in getting to a healthy balanced lifestyle was really taking it to the core of what I was eating controlling the amounts of food And my fasting has been integral to my state of mind, to my heightened clarity and to a really balanced way of eating food. And can I just talk about this? The appreciation of food. When you fast and fasting gave me this, you really appreciate food and you don't overeat because your stomach shrinks, but shrinks to, to a sizable amount, you know, there are um, monks, I think, that don't, don't fast for days and they can live off sunlight. And it's a true fact. So, wow. um, you know, we can talk about this fasting a bit in a bit more detail. You guys can tell I'm passionate about it. But 
we don't need to overindulge. We can we can put that control in, and it's a good sense of control to help us have a better feeling in ourselves and in our health and in our life. All in moderation. All in moderation. Fasting is really good. Also, do you know what is really good as well? I would say um, doing like a cleanse, like oh, taking yeah. herbs herbs to cleanse every now and again. You know, sometimes, you know, with certain foods, I know this might be a bit like scary for some people to realize and know, but for those who especially eat meat, I mean, everyone probably has or have some sort of um, bacteria, uh, parasites, right? Those come from eating meat, processed junk food, um, so, you know, you should really and truly like fasting is really good to help prevent stuff like that from kind of taking over. Also, um, cleansing, you know, do a cleanse, maybe on a weekend or if you have some time off, just do cleanse, like maybe on a Friday, you got, you know, you start in the weekend and be like, okay, I'm going to fast and I'm going to take some cleansing herbs just to clean out my system. It's really, really important to do that. Um, just to give yourself a reset, just clean out yeah. your kind of toxins, really, really um, beneficial for your health. I know there's some people that can go that hasn't, I've asked people, have you ever done like a detox, a cleanse? And they're like, no. And I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> really? It's funny you say that you can do it over the weekend. And once you start to feel more confident guys, a nice natural way of cleansing is rose. Rose has natural um, cleansing um, ingredients, helps to cleanse and purify your organs. So rose hip and rose buds. Actually, quite funnily enough, before we started recording this podcast today, I made a green tea, but I threw in a few rosebuds and I have it quite regularly. I'll make sure that I throw in a few rosebuds every other day or sometimes I do it every day because it doesn't really affect me. Like I said, once you get to a really clean way of living, you have a very good digestive flow. Your body doesn't feel too sort of um, hard done by or feels feel a significant sort of um, impact by doing it. But now mm. we're in lockdown, it's a really comfortable way to try and start cleansing. You don't have oh, yeah. to be worried about being at work or something happening. Let's not get into detail, but you can feel more comfortable about doing it. And as you get used to it, you will you'll see the benefits and you'll be more confident about it. I think at the beginning, it can be a little bit daunting, but you will notice how much better your body feels afterwards as well. I actually think that there are more plant-based options nowadays as well. It's becoming more popular. Absolutely. I do think that some companies are starting to get, you know, get wind of the fact that they will lose customer loyalty. <laughs> this is my day job, but let's not make, let me not get into it. But they will lose <laughs> customer loyalty if they're not able to offer a product line that is suitable for vegans, plant-based type diet lifestyles. Now, guys, take that with a pinch of salt. When you go to, and now a lot of the supermarkets have plant-based labeled and you can go there or vegan, look at the back of the packet, check the ingredients Steer mm -hmm. away from soy. It's not really the best equivalent. Steer away from meat alternatives. Look at the ingredients and make sure it doesn't look too processed. If you need a bit of like, you know, the encouragement to buy a few ready meals, there are some that are actually quite good and they're, they're very much purely vegetables. Um, but I encourage you to start learning um, the ingredients. And also sometimes the vegan alternatives are very high in saturated fats, but very high in calories and might not overall be a good 
combination. I I do agree that, you know, I think Vegan Ari, and funny enough, Uber Eats, they've got like a little, they've got a little <laughs> banner when you go in the app and it's like Vegan Ari, because I'm always constantly trying to see what's available. Now, when you're in central London, it's easier. But when you live like in North London or like South London, it might not be as as easy to find those options. But a lot of these fast food companies are starting to do vegan equivalent. However, they might not be that healthy. Amen. With that being said, guys, I mean, I think what we can do actually is maybe we can suggest and share maybe some recipes on our page. Um, We'll post some content that will kind of help inspire maybe you guys could go check it out and see, you know, try try a new meal or recipe idea. Um, well, that's your job, Joanna, because I'm going to be like, <laughs> Joanna, you've got all the recipes, so can you post it on our page and can you give some good inspiration? <laughs> of course. I'll be more than happy to do that for you guys. Not a problem at all. So with that said, guys, we want to close off. But before we do, I thought we could end on giving you guys a bit of food for the chakra because today's episode is all about food for the soul. And Mm -hmm. um, if you know about the chakra systems, we have seven chakras all the way from the root base of our spine all the way to our crown, which is just above our head. And actually, our chakras can also have um, challenges of being blocked for several reasons. It could be emotional blocks, physical blocks that are causing it and need healing. And also there are ways to energize those chakras. So they might not be blocked, but you might want to energize them. So I thought I'd leave you guys with a few tips on how to work and heal, energize um, each of your chakras. So if you start from the base of your spine, the first chakra is the root chakra. And this is represented by the color red. If you've seen it and you might see it in our logos, we've got all the chakra colors and its element is earth. So, you know, this is a chakra where, you know, you might experience uh, blockages or weaknesses here. This is around our feeling of survival security. This is what this chakra represents. It also supports our legs and our feet and our foundation. So root being, you know, if you think about the root of a vegetable underground, So the foods that can balance this first chakra, I think red. So it's very simple. So red apples, beets like beetroots, tomatoes, pomegranates, strawberries, raspberries. These are really good vegetables. And also, because it's the root chakra, root vegetables. So Joanna's favorite, sweet potatoes, (laughs) carrots, turnips, parsnips, onions, um, ginger, turmeric, turmeric lattes. Mm, yum. We didn't talk about how coffee can be bad for you, but um, the, the the detrimental impacts of coffee um, can also um, affect your vibration, guys. So that can also cause insomnia and also um, lower your vibes because of having that addiction to coffee and being um, quite dehydrated as well, uh, because that's what coffee does to your body. There's probably more drawbacks to coffee, but it does Um, lower your vibes in terms of it being kind of an an addictive substance. So then the next chakra is the sacral chakra, which is represented by the color orange. We're kind of going through the rainbow here, if you get that gist. And this represents water. So it really represents our passion, our pleasure center. 
um, and it governs our emotions, intimacy, creativity. So a balanced second chakra allows us to express our creativity, to really form, you know, deep, intimate relationships and pursue our passions. But when it's imbalanced, it can lead to many disturbances, including commitment issues, you know, like your, your lack of being able to be creative, you lose drive, you lose confidence, maybe depression. So if you're suffering from mental health issues, this is going to be very connected to your sacral back pain and urinary and reproductive issues. It's all sacral related. So how could you balance it? Well, think orange again, carrots, mangoes. Mm, love a mango. Love going mangoes, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, oranges, orange peppers, peaches, apricots, sweet potatoes as well. And also foods that are rich in omega-3. So if you eat fish, Salmon works well. Flax seeds, almonds, walnuts, and sesame. They provide really good fatty omega-3. So omega-3 is a really good way to stimulate and heal that sacral chakra. And you can also stock up on coconut and spices as well, such as cinnamon. So I know in our going curries, we use a lot of these kind of spices. So that probably would be a good one to do for a sacral chakra. Make a nice curry with some nice maybe coconut spices, throw in a bit of cinnamon joanna might come up whip up with a with a recipe on that one (laughs) and then the next one is the solar plexus chakra so it's represented by the color yellow and the element is fire so this third chakra is our personal power this is an important one guys not to say the others aren't but it controls our energy and it really is related to willpower goals and general purpose So, you know, it's governed by ambition and action. And this third chakra is going to really translate feelings of inner peace, confidence, and self-control. So it really controls around the stomach, the liver, your pancreas. So an imbalanced third third chakra can cause feelings of insecurity, lack of purpose, as well as stomach issues. If you're getting pains, ulcers, chronic indigestion, you might have thought it was food that you're eating. It could actually be to do with a blockage at this point and to do with your emotions. So what foods could help heal this? Well, think yellow. And uh, this is the best way to balance your solar plexus. So bananas, pineapple, corn, lemons, or me and Joanna, we love lemon water in the morning before we start Mm -hmm. our day. And a yellow curry. How do you get a yellow curry? Turmeric, saffron. The easiest way to make a nice yellow curry and maybe even like, saffron lentils as well like a dal be very nice Mm. and also um complex carbohydrates so some of our favorites here joanna oats brown rice spelt rye um, beans vegetables and sprouted grains as well the next one is the heart chakra my favorite chakra guys i'm gonna say and it's represented (laughs) by the color green and it represents air so it's the fourth chakra and it's the energy center in which we feel joy, compassion, and love. And it's not only for ourselves, but for others as well. So it's the two-way thing. It, it paves the pathway to our relationships. It establishes our own self-worth. So, you know, physically speaking, this, this is a chakra like that supports our lungs, our heart as well, um, upper torso, shoulders and hands and arms. And an imbalanced heart chakra can cause feeling of unworthiness issues, anxiety around low self-esteem, paranoia, low energy, poor indigestion, poor digestion and anger. So there's a, there's a lot there and that can also affect your mental health. So what foods could you use to balance this? Well, think green. And this is our favorite topic, you know, all those green rich foods, um, all your veg, 
So your kales, your broccoli, your spinach, you know, dandelion greens, parsley, celery, cucumber, zucchini, matcha, matcha lattes, avocado, green teas, mint, peas, kiwi, spirulina, green apples. There's tons. So this is probably why I love the heart chakra because I'm eating so many heart chakra foods. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got the fifth chakra, which is the throat chakra represented by the color blue. And the element is akasha. So, or akasha. So the fifth chakra translates quite literally, it's our ability to express ourselves and to speak. Located in the throat, this chakra focuses on the energy of true expression, your intuition, integrity, your honesty. And, And right now, I think we need to think about this one. We need to be so balanced in our throat chakra doing this podcast, right guys? So... Any yeah. imbalances or blockages will affect communication. It won't be, it will be stifled voice. It won't be clear, coherent delivery of a message. Um, and it, it supports our neck, our throat, our jaw, our teeth. Any blocked energy can cause issues with sinuses, swollen glands, neck and shoulder pain. So think about that, guys. And the foods that balance it, well, think blue foods, blueberries, blackberries, um, great sources of fiber, and also healing and soothing foods and liquids such as coconut water, herbal teas, raw honey, and lemon. We love Manuka honey as well to add to that. And then we've got the sixth chakra. And this is the third eye, or the brow chakra, so the point in the middle of your eyebrows. And it's the color indigo, and it represents the element of light. It's located between the, between the eyes, as I mentioned, and it's really about perception and intuition. It's the center of wisdom and it's the element of light. A balanced third eye is to clear, see clearly, focus, trust your intuitions and your instincts. And this is an energy for, that stems from our purpose, our ability to grow and follow our life path and our calling. Um, and an imbalanced uh, sixth chakra would feel like lack of direction or purpose or not knowing why you're here. So you might have um, symptoms around the sinuses and ears and eyes as an imbalance to this chakra. So how can you feed this chakra? What's the food for your soul? Um, Well, this is purple, purple grapes, purple kale, which does exist. I've had it. Um, Mm -hmm. Blueberries, purple cabbage, eggplant, which is aubergine and purple carrots. Mm. So think that, and these are brain foods. They can instantly help clear an overworked mind. So if you're feeling stressed already, work's been crazy in the first week of Jan, or, you know, there's just so much to do. Think about the purple foods. Finally, the seventh chakra is the crown chakra, and it's represented by white. There is no element here or thought. It's really the last on the list. It's the seventh chakra located on the top of our head, and it represents oneness, truth, spirituality, and knowing. It's our aura, guys. It's highly spiritual, and it's about self-realization and the connection of the world around us. And it focuses on wisdom, joy, and understanding. So it radiates the energy dedicated to peace, faith, trust, and gratitude for our lives. If it's imbalanced, it brings out feelings of confusion, disconnection, and insignificance. So it's also commonly causes disorders of the central nervous system, headaches, depression, and sensitivity to light. So what do you need to focus on in terms of food? Well, to Joanna's point, cleansing. It's all about detoxifying. So if you feel that you, you notice those disorders, that you know the headaches and the depression, and you're feeling quite sensitive to light, think about you know, flushing out toxins, boosting your energy. Meditation and yoga is excellent for this. So Mm -hmm. you can try that. And also 
This is our favorite, Joanna. Essential oils like sage. You could burn sage to like clear the space, reset the energy, open the windows in the house, go and burn that sage. Also, lavender does a really good job of that. Very calming. Frankincense and juniper. I was about to say Jupiter, and I was like, oh, that would be a big oil, wouldn't it? That would be a big, big oil. How'd you get that on? Um, But frankincense is one that we love. Me and Joanna always put a bit of frankincense, don't we, on ourselves as we set the day. So, guys, I hope that those seven chakras and the food to balance, energize, and fulfill those chakras really give you some great inspiration to leave you with. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys on our next episode six. Make sure you stay tuned for that one. With that being said, I'm going to leave you lovely people with a quote for the day. So the quote for this one will be, your food can be either your medicine or your poison. Choose wisely. Lots of love and light, guys. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you soon.